Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and we are on the brink of fall. The, the air is getting cooler at nighttime. The warmer weather is starting to dissipate. I have a hoodie on. Um, yeah, I have my, and it's, my it's barely in September here. Yeah. Um, so it's just that turn of season, which, you know, I love warm weather. Love it. But there's something about the turn of season, at least at the start of the season, that's enjoyable. Yeah, this summer was a little warmer than normal. I loved it. Yeah, it was just a little warm. great. Well, I, you know. It, you don't like warmth. I do, well, Hotness. no. I don't like humidity. You melt. Yeah, I don't care about warm. I just don't like humidity. And this summer It wasn't was, that humid this summer. Oh, God. There uh, were some uh, days, uh, but it wasn't too bad. Did you ever help? I'm melting. I, it, that's what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, though. My wife and I are... That's a boomer reference, by the way. It is, I know. I know that's... No, I picked up on it, but not many people would understand that yeah, anymore. Yeah, go to the Wizard of Oz. Yep, yep. Um, but my wife and I are just made for each other because she actually, if she's out in the sun too much, she actually has an allergic reaction to it. And so she doesn't do real hot well, hmm. and I don't do real hot well. So we, we kind of like this weather for us is ideal. Yeah. You know, in the mornings it's in the forties and it gets up to seventies during the day and yep. that's pretty nice stuff. It uh, is nice. In that sense. In fact I we have one little air conditioner in our house and I took it out of the window already. Put it away. Well, I see that there's no nothing here in the studio. Yeah, in the either. studio there's I took the air conditioner studio, out. So. so it's like, nope, we're done. Because done. now you can open the windows. Have get you lit as a cool fire yet? That's the question. No, not yet. Um the house is still pretty warm after the days that are warm. Oh yeah. So Maybe. I don't want to heat it up too much. But yep. We'll see. We got some students from Nicolay Bible Institute coming over tonight. Yeah, and, and so the students just started. They just started. What a thrill! We got a big class. Yeah, and I encourage anyone that's listening. If you have a young person, uh, you know, it's graduated from high school. Maybe they're twenty or younger, and they're still looking. You know, what do I really want to do in life? I'll tell you what they should learn, regardless of what field they go into. They should learn the Bible, and they should learn to die to themselves, serve other people. That's what they need to learn. Yeah. And whatever job they go into in life, those two things will be very important. Mm -hmm. And that's what Nicolay Bible Institute does, those yeah. two things. So I encourage you to go to NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Is it .org? I believe it, it is. It is .org, yeah. And go to NicolayBibleInstitute.org, look it up, and I encourage you to at least challenge the young people in your life to come to the Nicolay Bible Institute for a year and invest in whatever job they're going to be in in the future because they are our missionaries to the world, whether they be welders or doctors or pastors. or, And we also are training, and this year again, one of our students is hoping to be a missionary pilot That's right. you know, down the road. So uh, we are in conjunction with a school uh, over in Michigan that, that they can get their pilots training in and mission school, but we are the year of Bible that they would take. Yep. That's so cool. a lot of different things here. I encourage you to uh, check it out for your youngster. Speaking of schools, mm -hmm. You have uh, three boys I do that have are three young. Boys, yep. And how many in school? Uh, two now. And one is just starting. One is just starting, yeah. So my, my oldest just started second grade, and my middle one, we're trying to get to start kindergarten. Yeah, you're trying to get I what's say, going on there. Trying, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's our, he's our homebody, and uh, he just doesn't like it at the moment. Okay. You know, and so even this morning, we dropped, well, tried, well, dropped him off, is what we did. But, I mean, you could just tell he wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. Whatsoever. And so and then as parents, and we've talked about this even in a show that we just finished. So if you missed it, head over to wherever you do podcasting, whether it's Apple or head to our website, org, and you can find our podcasts. But um, 
we uh we just talked about in the episode where as parents you you have to take intentionality you know as you talk about influence hours of influence you know if you homeschool or even if you send to a private school or even a public school there's always an active involvement as a parent at least in my opinion that you need to have um and so now we're assessing right kindergarten you know at at this stage in life you know how do we best come around our son to make him succeed is it is it is it the best method for him to rip off the Band-Aid, you know, to right. use a popular popular colloquialism? Right. Or do we need to reassess and say, all right, is there something that we could do as parents at this age, since he's only five, um, to be able to get him more prepped? Maybe he's not ready yet. I don't know. So that's the, that's the current dialogue that's going on in, in our brains uh, between my wife and myself as we as we look at our boys. Because one thing that we quickly realized, you know, is that each one is uniquely different. Um, you think you look at other parents before your parents are like, Oh, I can't be that hard. And then your, your parents, it's like, man, every, everyone is different. Yes. Um, every situation is different. And it's not like there's a huge manual somewhere that says, this is how you face every single situation. Right. You know? And so that's yeah. what, that's what we're dialoguing at the moment. Yeah, and what's interesting, if you talk to anybody who's raised kids already, whatever way they did it, they'll tell you that's the only way, you know, right. that you really need to do it. And I'm thinking not really. Yeah. You know, here's here's the irony. I am a certified, or I was, I guess I, I'm not anymore, but I was a certified teacher. I could certify you. Yeah, you thank were. you very much. You're certified yeah, by yeah, I was. I, so now I, you're certified again. I might still be. I have no idea. <laughs> but I, you know, I have a master's in education, taught fifth grade. My wife taught fourth grade. Yep. Uh, we actually homeschooled our kids, and both of our children are, uh, you know, in their later 30s, and they're both in education. One is a teacher and one is in a, a social work in a school and, yep. and they're both in schools. And I think how ironic, Yep. you know, uh, they both went to uh, Northwestern college up in Minnesota, which you, you went, I went there. there too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. In fact, uh, I'm a Wheaton grad and this weekend, believe it or not, Saturday, Wheaton college and Northwestern are playing football at Wheaton. Really? They're yes. playing each yeah. other. Yeah. You can watch it on your iPad if you want. Interesting. It's, it's an interesting. It might be very interesting. I have no idea what. Have they always they, played each other? Or? No, I think this first time I can ever remember it. Wow. So I, I did email my daughters and said, pay attention. You know, this might be fun, but I have no idea. So uh, what, whatever happens, there happens. But the interesting thing is they did well in college, yeah. and, and they're doing well as humans, you know I mean, right now, yeah. as adults. And the bottom line really is for all of us to understand and for you and your wife to understand is you are responsible for your children to be sensitive to what's best for them. You're still responsible, not to school. Right. You really shouldn't allow the school to tell you what you must do for your children. Mm -hmm. You need to look at it and everything outside of your family needs to be seen as a as a tool that can help you achieve what God has given you to do as the leader and as the parents of that child, because God's entrusted those children to you. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not saying in any way, shape or form, don't send them to school. Yeah. I'm saying you need to look at the school. You need to know what they're learning, and you need to realize that ultimately you're responsible for what they're learning and how they're learning it and yeah. how they twist it and turn it and, and whatever else might be. So you have to be active in your kid's life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're mentioning something extremely valid to think about. Every child is different. Yeah. And you cannot, there is not a cookie cutter out there that you can do with every kid. Mm-hmm. So you as a parent need to realize there's, there's a difference, and you need to respond to it. I don't know what that is necessarily, but you and your wife can pray about it and think about it. Here's what we should do with this child, you know, and here's how we use the tools mm-hmm. that are available to us. Yeah. And eventually, 
you'll be thankful you did it that way because you're really more responsive to the individual than the saying everybody's got to fit this certain way. Yeah. Um, because not everybody sees the world the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the first day of Nicolay Bible Institute was yesterday and for this year. And, yep. and in my class, I always start off telling the students, I do recognize that all of you have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Some of you are going to want to answer questions before I get it out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, you're actually going to want to tell me what the question should be. And you'll be sitting right here in the front and waving your hand. And I understand that. Some of you will be sitting there saying, please don't call on me. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, you don't want to be called on. Um, I said, I want you to understand that I understand that. Mm-hmm. And that if I find that you have a personality where you really do not want to be put on the spot in school, I will not do it. Right. I want you to sit and relax and enjoy the class. I want you to hear what I'm saying, not worry about how you're going to answer it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're starting to worry about how you answer it, what's going to happen is you're not going to hear what I'm saying anymore. Yeah. So I think that comes from many years of being a parent, being somebody who's watched kids and been in education saying, it doesn't do you any good to force one kind of thing down everybody's throat. It doesn't work. Right. But in the, the same respect, it is um, something where I also realize that people with different personalities need to learn how to interact mm-hmm. in a society that might have a cookie cutter at times. Yeah. And, and how they will actually go in and out of that and be successful regardless. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of, of little things there uh, for people to evaluate. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things with a child that's as young as yours going into kindergarten is you and your wife need to decide, is this best? Right. right. And is this accomplishing the purpose that it's supposed to? Right. Um, and really only you can make that decision because mm-hmm. uh, your older son, he seemed to thrive Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. When he when he was younger, he went through his moments. Yeah. But he was a different personality, and so you knew what he can handle, not. And so right now we're just fine, trying to figure that out with with our next son. Right. You know, and and you know, they're at different ages too. Right. At, at, in their grade, you know, my oldest son is a September birthday, so he's one of the oldest in his grade. My middle son, who's just starting kindergarten, he's a May birthday. Uh, and so that plays into it as well. Is absolutely. That just because he's old enough for it. He's he's on the the younger side of the spectrum as well, and so th- that influences even developmentally at, at that age and all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah. um, it, it's just as parents, you know, it, it takes intentionality. And like yeah. you said, it's trying to figure decipher and and figure out all right what's best to make him succeed in the long run. And that's what we're trying to decipher at the moment. Yep. Well, I encourage you to go back and download the the program we did previously. Because we do talk a lot about the hours of influence and, and parents and, and knowing how important it is that you spend time with your children and knowing what they're learning. and Absolutely. Like I wouldn't say, you know, I would encourage any parent to be active in the education of your children. You know, I would never look at, at school as daycare. Right. You know, and unfortunately, I think that's what the system has become. Um, I think that's why the length of school is long um, because it fits you know, precisely the working day. Right. Um, I mean, back in my day, kindergarten was a half a day. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm sure there's people that will have opinions and studies that'll go one way or the other. Um, all I know is that as parents, it's our responsibility to know what's going 
and influencing our kids. And that takes an active, active effort, especially in our world today, you know, because everybody wants their opinion heard. It's no longer about, you know, the simple, basic, let's educate you with, with these, you know, objective right. lessons. Right. Now, unfortunately, there's subjectiveness being put into what was just objectual facts. Yeah. You know, I think this a is a, a, such an important time in history for parents to actively uh, discuss what's going on at school and be a part of the, the whole situation with their children. Not necessarily, you know, you can disagree with a teacher, you can disagree with the curriculum. And, and again, I would encourage you to teach your children how to respectfully do that. Right. And not necessarily just cave into everything that's being said. There's Absolutely. so many lessons. As I told the Nicolay Bible students yesterday, one of the things you got to get out of your head is that the majority is going to be right. Right. And and if you would learn that from the time you were young, you wouldn't even be struggling with it now in college. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we think if a bunch of people think a certain way, then it must be right. Right. Uh, look at the Bible. You know, it's a narrow gate. It's a narrow road. The broad road leads to destruction. It's not just where everybody goes. And again, that's a way that we can help young people discern a little bit. Um, they need to understand. When I taught fifth grade, I would walk in to my room until my principal stopped me from doing it, so probably it wasn't the best thing, but I would walk in and I would go, the Supreme Court, and they would all shout back, is not supreme, you know, I mean, and of course, this is a public school, so eventually my teacher wanted to know what I meant. Yeah. And I said, well, I, actually, these kids don't get their values and their judgments from the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has to evaluate laws. Right. You know, and laws may not reflect you know, ethics or values, it, it just may be a law. So in essence, you know, the Supreme Court isn't supreme. The, what they talk about with their parents, what they talk about, with, you know, what if, if they're into the Bible, if they're into, you know, it, that overtakes, you know, the laws of the land. He said, okay, I get where you're going, but you know, I don't want them to be disrespectful to our country. And I said, well, I, I'm not teaching disrespect. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach some critical thinking here. I, I will tell them all the time, you have to obey the laws yep. of the land. Unless it goes, for me, unless it goes against God, I, I don't have to obey and agree that abortion is a good thing. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have to do that. I can disagree with that and not participate in it. But there's nothing in the law that says I have to do abortion. It just mm -hmm. says it's okay. And I can say I don't think so and not participate. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how in the world you do this with all students. How do you teach them? to respectfully disagree, mm -hmm. you know, with things when the Bible makes something clear, and even if a majority of the people disagree with you, mm -hmm. because that can very easily happen. You know, the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three guys stood up to the king. Yep. Everyone else went with them. Mm -hmm. But if you look at that story, and I encourage our, our listeners, go read this story, you know, you see three guys that were always respectful to the king, mm -hmm. even in how they disagreed. They, they were willing to go to the furnace. They, they honored him in their speech and the way they talked. And mm -hmm. it wasn't like they're going, yeah, you're an idiot king. We don't have anything to do with you. We're a rebellion. You know, they didn't do that. Right. They just said, you know what, king, you have the right to kill us or not kill us. And yeah, in, in essence, I mean, you have the right to burn. So if we die, we die. Right. And if we don't die, then God did something miraculous. So let's get to it. You know, I mean, basically they called the king on it. Yep. But they did it in a respectful way. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's missing a lot of times. I think um, sometimes we get into these, you know, bold protest moments or something that we think we have to, to really be angry with people. We don't have to be angry. Just don't do wrong. 
right. and let your kids see you do right. Mm-hmm. That's the example. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on in our country now. I mean, your children are growing up at a very confusing time. Oh, very, very much so. Uh, do you watch the news at all? No. I think that's wise. Um, at my age, I'm, I'm actually suggesting that people not watch the news, at least the national news. You might want to watch, you know what, if you're in northern Wisconsin, there's some channel. you got to know when the deer crosses yeah, the road you, around you, here. Yeah, you, you know? got to know some of that. But I'm talking about national news yeah. and, like, you know, those news stations that just go on forever and, and try and get you sucked in. But I think, think of this. If we took away their power by not listening to them, if we took away their influence by not listening to them, mm-hmm. that might be the best thing that happens. Instead of always going to the media and always going to like whatever media outlet you use, social media, instead of doing that, what if we just turned off all of their speech and we didn't allow them to influence us? Mm. Now that we've taken away their main um, method of influencing. And I think, why don't we do that? We, you know, you as a believer, you can go and find podcasts that, you know, that don't talk about politics all the time. Go Find them that help you understand who God is and love him and walk with him and that kind of stuff. You could find, you know, podcasts for that. You can find radio stations you can listen to that will give you better thoughts on, you know, minimize the news and just maximize something else. And, yeah. Um, I, I just think, we don't have to let media influence us like that. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. So turn it off. There's no one forcing you to listen to what's going on. And if I do that, during the election cycles, the last one, you know, I, I even wrote our local news channel, and I'm Green Bay, out of the Green Bay area that I watched, and said, you know, until you quit playing those ads, I'm done. Right. Well, I didn't watch news until after the election. Yeah. Because I didn't want to see them. Because they were, it, one of the, Ads were obviously lying. Yeah. You know, because they were totally back to back and opposite. And I just wrote the, you know, the general chairman or whoever they are, the station, whoever runs it, and, and said, I, I'm sorry, I, I just letting you know because I voicing my opinion to you that I'm turning you off until after the election. He wrote me back and, and basically said, you know, we have to do it by F- That's fine. You do what you have to do. But I don't have to listen. I'm not going to give you that power. Right. You know, and uh, so I did. Now I'm watching local stuff again, but I, I don't think I've watched the national news in months. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you really think, well, then you're disconnected. No, I know what's going on in Afghanistan. It's on the local news enough. Right. And I also can read any news articles I want. I can pick them out. Right. And read them. And so can you. So just encourage it. Let's not let the influence of the world grab us like that. Let's let's figure out another way. Uh Joshua, uh, when he was told to start leading in Joshua 1, he was told meditate on God's word day and night so he can really follow what it says. And Satan knows that strategy. He knows the idea of occupying your mind. He Mm -hmm. knows that. So he will try and occupy your mind. And one of the best ways is with news events that, you know, worry you. Um, how much of, of your life, Jason, do you think, or your family or your kids is being directed by just fear? Do you think any of it is just fear? Uh, I'm sure some of it, whether it's subconsciously or consciously. Because, you know. Yeah, look at, I mean, look at what's going on in the world. Okay, there's COVID. Yep. So people can be living their life totally fearful of 
COVID. Right. So a, a fear that can run them. Right. There's what what's going on in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was a that was a interesting whatever. You right. know, I, I I really don't even know what to call it. Yeah. It seemed like okay, we're out of here. Boom, get up and go. And I have no idea. I never sat at a meeting about it. I don't know everything that's behind the scenes. I have no idea what's left, what isn't left. And you can listen to all kinds of things and get different stories. So I have no idea. I just think it's pretty unstable over there, whatever the situation it might be. Mm-hmm. And and I keep thinking that the world is very unstable. Yeah. Um, there are really good weapons in the hands of people who can use them very evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's some people that are fearful yeah. uh, about that. Uh, the economy in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. If you study it at all, you're going, this is not sustainable. Right. It really isn't sustainable. I, I don't even have to be a, a math scholar mm-hmm. to know that. I, you can't keep printing money. You can't keep spending more than you make. Right. You can't just keep giving money away. So people could be living in fear about the economy. Yeah. And that's why I asked. I, I'm wondering if our listeners would take some time, sit before God and ask, how much of my life is being directed, maybe, by fear mm-hmm. of things? Or even fear, like you, we've been talking about school. So you could be fearful that the school's going to teach your child something that they shouldn't. Right. So now you're fearful. And really, the fear of God directs us, but when we start fearing other things, they start to control us. Right. And, and it could be in any situation, you know. Absolutely. I mean, even in the situation with our son at school, it could be the opposite of, you know, maybe we're maybe we're fearful that people might judge us because we decide not to send our son to school. Right. So the fear goes that way. You know, where because you're... we're not doing what we quote unquote should do. Right. You know, and so there's I mean, there's there's a whole lot of different influences that go into making decisions and that's where it's, you know, <laughs> really the core comes love God, love others, you know, and be responsible to that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's our calling. Yep. You know, and don't don't let fe- like you say, don't let fear drive your decision. Don't don't choose to do something just because you think that something else is th- that influencing you like that. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're aware of some things, but sometimes it's like, well, why do I feel like that? And sometimes you have to identify like, OK, here's why I'm feeling this way, but I don't have to feel that way. Right. I mean, go to Hebrews 11 if you want and, and make a list. Make a list of what the people listed in Hebrews 11 should have feared. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. And then ask yourself this and go back to each story. Just go back to each one that's listed and say, what did they know mm-hmm. that caused them not to let the fear rule them? Right. And I would encourage, that would be a wonderful Bible study for you. It would be a wonderful thing for you to do in your families because you can do this on the level, you know, so you're, your, your oldest son could understand this easily. You could sit with him and say, boy, let's take a look at, uh, I'll use Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as an example. Let, let's take a look at them. Mm-hmm. Do you realize what they did? Yeah. And to just talk to them about, do, let's talk about what they must have known. Why is it that they would defy the king, knowing that they would end up in a furnace? And why did they stay so calm and respectful? Mm-hmm. Like, so you just talk about it with them. Yeah. What you're doing is training them how to look at something that could be very fearful, mm-hmm. but the answer to go through it is this. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that we will not find times. I don't think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the way to the furnace were thinking, oh, good, we get to, you know, we get to run the fire today. We, we get to go and get roasted totally and killed. Yeah. I don't think that was a good thought for them, but they seemed very calm, mm-hmm. and they seemed like the fear didn't direct them. Yeah. So what did they know? Uh, you go back to Daniel. What did he know? Mm-hmm. You know, they defied, those guys all defied, in Daniel chapter 1, they defied the king and, and wouldn't take his food. And then later, the, the lion's done for Daniel and the, the furnace for these guys. So it's like, okay, you know, they went against their fear. Mm-hmm. How come? Uh, Noah, you know, go in Hebrews chapter 11, why? Why did Noah, I mean, God said, go build a boat in a mountain at his age. Really? Why? Mm-hmm. Why would he do this? And and if you would go and play with your children, the thoughts of the people around them and what, what Noah had to go through probably, and just speculate. Yeah, because it's not like it took him five years to build that shit. No. <laughs> no. You, you know, one of the funnest things you could do actually with uh, kids your oldest son's age is, is just sit and speculate with them about what went on during Noah's time while he was building the ark. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of it, because there was this whole group, almost everybody thought, this man Noah's nuts. So what did the world do to him mm-hmm. while he was building this thing? Right. And did Noah, you know, and I don't know the answers, but did Noah hire some of them? Mm-hmm. I don't know, did he have money to do it? Did he just do all the work himself with how slow it took? You'd think he'd have to do it all himself. But I know his family was working on it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's really fun to speculate because when you go with your children, as long as they know this isn't the Bible, we're, ta- we're, we're talking about our speculation here. Here's, here's what happened according to the Bible. But to think about the idea that fear did not rule Noah, mm-hmm. didn't rule Daniel, yeah. didn't rule the Apostle Paul. Fear's not what ruled them. What's, what's going to happen in time if you go through this with your kids is they're going to realize there'll be times in their life where they see fear. Yeah. And they'll kick into, here's how you deal with fear. And yep. that's what you want to train them to do. Yeah. So I encourage people, you know, first, I think it's really hard to identify, as you said earlier. I, I think um, the fear of what people think of me causes you to do things. The fear of uh, being sick, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be COVID or, or something else, you know, yeah. cancer or whatever it might be. Uh, the fear of um, uh, international instability, the fear of the dollar crashing. Right. Or the fear of death. The fear of death. Uh, the fear of marriage. Mm-hmm. The fear of, yeah. you know, fill in the blank, wh- right. whatever it might be. I think that the mechanism for dealing with fear has to be there and you need to really work at it with your family. And you could do that. I think it's one of the easier things actually to do because you don't have to necessarily tie it into everything in life at that point. You just need to show that there was genuine fear for genuine reason. Yeah. And then how did they get through that genuine fear? Mm-hmm. You know. And at the end, it's like pff, down the road, I can almost promise you your kid you're dead, long in the grave. They're reviewing in their head a time that's fearful for them, and they're going to remember, here's how you go through these moments. Right. And I think those moments are going to come for our nation. So um, I encourage you to teach your kid how. 
Right. And, and keeping our eyes on the perspective of eternity, I think, is always helpful. Absolutely. Realizing that this, this is only temporary. Unfortunately, we're on, uh, out of time again here on Younger and Older. I encourage you, if you missed part of this episode or if you want to check out other episodes, go to your favorite streaming app uh, for podcasts. You can find us. Just search Younger Older. Um, otherwise, head over to silvertranch.org and you can find all the podcasts you want. But for now, this is Jason and Dave. Take care. Bye-bye.